1: Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club. First episode of 2022. We are going on our third year of the Redheads. Does that sound right? That doesn't sound right whatsoever. We started That's crazy. in 2020, then we did 2021, and now this would be the third year.
0: No, this it's is happening. We're year. about to have our, our anniversary. No, snitch. We joke, 20 to 21
1: oh my was God. one year, and 21 to 22... Is another. Okay, so we're entering our third. Which is what we were saying. But thank you for Ah. confirming that. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, we're very excited to kick off another year with the Redheads. I feel like so many people's New Year's resolution is to read more. And I think a lot of people have found out about what we're doing over here at the Redheads. And that this month's book was a snitch's choice, which is always a great time to join the Redheads. So I just feel like if you're a new member listening for the first time, one, hope you enjoy the episode. Two, hope you enjoy the redheads. Hope you like the book. And we're going to get into everything. But before we do, just want to catch up with all of my girls. How is everyone doing? Snitch, let's start with you. I'm doing fabulous. Thank you so much for asking. I'm really so excited to get to the meat of this conversation, which is talking about our book, because I haven't really spoken to anyone about it, like, in this um podcast so i don't really know what we're expecting given the face that rebecca rittenberg is giving me i'm scared that we're going to be getting like in in five years or no um gus whatever the fuck bright side Mm. i'm scared we're going to be getting that version of it and if we are i would just like you to know that i'm bowing out okay i do hope there is a bit of dissension you know it's not fun when we all agree even though i don't think we've ever all agreed Rebecca, speaking of, you know, the
0: faces you're making at Snitch, how are you doing? I'm doing so great. I had a phenomenal few weeks. Most importantly, my sister brought a nephew of mine into this world. My sister had a baby last week, and it's so exciting. And Noah Harrison, this one's for you. I feel like I'm getting nieces and nephews left and right because we had an episode dedicated to Romy recently but I just feel like the luckiest little auntie in the world that's so So, exciting congratulations there's literally nothing better thank you so much snitch I know I haven't shared with you yet yeah wow we're so happy
1: for you and speaking of happiness Dana month two of being married how are you doing
2: I'm good. New year, new me. My name officially changed in my uh, work email, so today was a little complicated. Everyone was super (laughs) confused about who the hell I was, and I'm
1: just embracing it. Good. You got to just rip the Band-Aid off with that stuff. Like, jump in head first, and everyone will get acclimated. That's probably so jarring to, like, normally, like, email someone, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, a different person, and you're like, wait, like, I actually have no idea who you are. Yeah, no,
2: people were definitely confused.
1: I would hope that if you email them often that you knew that they got married and then the name change Mm, came next. eh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I would hope so. Otherwise, you're not a good corporate citizen. You're not a good corporate citizen. Okay, well, let's get into this month's book. We read The Simple Wild by K.A. Tucker, which was a snitch's choice. Very, very snitchy. I would say that it had all of the makings of a snitch's choice you know it didn't really 100 percent. it didn't veer from the sc in any way whatsoever we'll do a quick summary for anyone who didn't read the book but the story is about a girl named kala who was born in the far reaches of alaska to her alaskan bush pilot father and her cosmopolitan mom who after sorry and not to interrupt you but did you guys pronounce it kala or kaya it's kala like kala lilies C A L L A? I read that as Kaya. You're Kaya. thinking. In Spanish. Yeah, yeah, you think that's a Spanish name where the
0: L's are.
1: Oh, okay, so then completely disregard me. Keep going. It's
0: like Lily.
1: Oh, is that how you pronounce Lily? Yeah. Oh, I called her Calla. Okay, this will be funny. Elipha's fucking <laughs> up her name. <laughs> Anyways, two, two very different parents, and after 17 months of her mom trying to make it in the wild, she picks up and moves back to Toronto to city life where had spends all of her life. Then she gets a call that her dad is in Alaska, he has lung cancer, and that if she wants to get to know him and spend time with him, that she should come through. Which she does she you know is total a fish out of water situation she arrives and this is an important detail she took four planes to get there and she thought it was best to wear wedges and a fedora and I think that's just something that you need to know about her if we're going to move forward because it really really upset me to read all of those things. Then while she's there, you know, she's trying to fight the climate and try and be herself with her wedges and her running and her mosquito bites. But eventually she embraces Alaskan life. Her next door neighbor is also her dad's right hand man. His name is Jonah. He's a big hunk of burn and love. And they go from enemies to lovers all like in the background while her dad is dying of lung cancer. And. Then at the end, she has to make the decision of if she's going to stay, try and make it it work with Jonah, which is like exactly the position that her mom was in 26 years prior. Or if she's going to go back home, which also, by the way, at the beginning of the book, we find out that she lost her job, that she doesn't have her own apartment. She lives with her parents and she really doesn't have a lot going on for her and her boyfriend cheated on her and she didn't even care. So that (laughs) kind of should have made her decision a little bit more of a no brainer. But, you know, she obviously has to think things through. So the book does kind of end on a cliffhanger. Which we will discuss what we think happened. But that's pretty much it. So let's go through each of us. Let me know. Did you like the book? If so, what did you like or what didn't you like? Snitch, we got to start with you as it was a snitch's choice. I mean, I absolutely adored this book. But also, if I didn't adore this book, like there would be something wrong with me. Because this is like my book to a T. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. Um, I laughed like, I thought that she, I thought she was funny and had, like, funny one-liners. I cried, obviously, um, and I really just enjoyed it. I haven't started the second book yet because I didn't want to, like, cloud my judgment of anything that, like, I thought here, but I'm going to absolutely read the whole series, and don't worry, I'll inform everyone on it. Thank you. Um, however, yeah, no, I really just, like, enjoyed it. It also kind of gave me the last song vibes, if anyone read the book. Interesting. I didn't read the book. Actually, oh, I think yeah. I did. I did, like, a million years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. I got, like, similar. That's a good point, because it's, like, with the dad dying, too, and she goes and lives with him. Let me ask you a personal question. What point of the book made you cry? When her dad died, obviously. But we we didn't, like, watch the—like, they skipped over the death. It was, like, when she was, like, in the hospital with him and, like, seeing him being, like, weak and fragile. Like, I— why are you questioning no, that? no 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 I'm just I'm <laughs> curious because I read on your Instagram story that you cried from the book so then yeah. as I read the end of the book I was like I wonder where snitch cried I wonder where snitch cried and now I'm asking you and then also I was crying really hard when the mom came Ooh, and that was emotional and he got to that was he got to end his life with his and lady the, love and his and like the dad started crying yeah. Yeah, yeah that was touching I agree I thought that was gonna be when you cried yeah Yeah. it was well I there was there's not just one all
0: right oh okay
1: (laughs) see these are the things we need to know if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about the book in real way okay Okay. Rebecca what did you think
0: you guys this book was just it it didn't suck ass but it was like (laughs) one step before that (laughs)
1: Wow. I mean, that's a really hot take. All of the comments I've seen from like our listeners and the redheads out there, everyone really loved this book or even just liked it. So you're speaking for someone for sure. And I'm glad that we're going to have your point of view. But I just you are in
0: the minority. That's fine. Like I must have 14,000 more brain cells than the rest of the population. I'm just kidding. Like obviously that's not true, but I thought it was – just, like, my eyes were rolling so far to the back of my head that they were going to get stuck there for life. Like, I I couldn't get over how predictable the story was. And it was so long. I'm telling you guys. Like, I was like, let's get through this. And I think I just really appreciated how, like, digestible the Midnight Library was. Like, I think I'm just, like, loving a short, punchy book these days. But it was so drawn out for me. It was so predictable for me. Kala was insufferable. Like, what? she is... She is like the worst type of gal. And oh, wow. and I just I had such a hard time sympathizing her with her at times. Like she was so unlikable for me that like even when like things were working out for her, I'm like I feel like deep down like you're still rotten. And rotten. I know, I feel like such a certain way. But Go like off. I wanna like I wanna like clarify my earlier part about brain cells. Like I don't feel that way at all. Like I'm just trying to be funny and quippy. No,
1: it's okay. I don't think anyone Snitch, are you offended? I'm just offended that you didn't like the book. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, that's different. Snitch, and we're I, offended you didn't like *Clara and the Sun*. Like, things happen. No, no, no. Hell, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> snitch. Like, I love you more than life itself. But like, this book sucked.
1: <laughs> can I just no? I didn't. Can I say something about this book? I feel like it would have but been it sucked. It would have been so much better with a different cover because the cover was like clouding my judgment it was like it's the ugly it might be worse than louise velez like it's the corniest looking book cover i ever saw i didn't pay too much attention to it i never look at book covers because she's like standing there i guess it's like an instagram photo that like you know given the plot okay dana let's get to you what do you think I'm somewhere in the middle of you guys, but
2: definitely leaning more towards RIT. I likewise was eye rolling. I hate when books are so predictable. It's literally like the second she meets Jonah, you would know that they're gonna end up hitting it off, even though they hate each other at first. Like, oh, and she lost her job, and her boyfriend and her broke up. Like, time. I just can't with all the predictability. Also, I like could not deal with a dynamic between boy meets girl where they're like mean to each other and like shitting on each other and it's kind of like a five-year-old boys are mean to you because they like you. Like I do not vibe with that. I'm way too literal of a person. Like I can't deal with the games behind all of their banter and then him being like, I liked you this whole time. It actually made me think he was shallow because it's like you could have only thought she was hot when you were falling for her so you're actually not that deep of a person. So that was what I hated about it.
1: Yeah, that is a classic trope in the Snitch's Choice genre books, Enemies to Lovers. And though I wouldn't think that I would like it very much, it didn't bother me so much. So I'll share my thoughts, which I guess are going to be most aligned with Snitch because I liked it enough. You know, she she didn't bother me, Kala. I actually thought she was pretty cute and Likable. There were a few times and a few things that she did that I really didn't appreciate. And also like her, I mean just her wearing wedges all over town and really like packing for a month to go to rural Alaska. is just so crazy. And like the fact that like she thought you know that she would show up and like like if you're like a fashion girlie and you're going to like the brush of Alaska like you dress for the part. You don't like wear what you wear in Toronto. So like I just really didn't relate to her on that level.
0: And also shame on her mom for not giving her 1,000 times more warning of being like, don't wear wedges and a wide brim hat to your trip to Alaska when I have lived there for years and I know that's inappropriate. Right.
1: But like, as far as her personality, I didn't mind her and like all of her quips and retorts to Jonah I thought were like pretty cute and punchy so like she was obviously smart and I also liked how it it felt like sometimes she was like you know fighting making the wrong decision but she really kind of like moved forward in a way that I appreciated you know even when she like didn't want to get in with Jonah she didn't like stop like of course you guys are going to get together and like you're meant to be and she didn't like stop herself or even when they were falling in love like she could have like you know pulled back and been like so fucking annoying and so she's like fuck it like I'm here let's go which I appreciated so overall I did like it as you know in the scale of this genre of books, like I liked it way more than Brightside, way more than Twice in a Blue Moon, but perhaps not as much as Before We Were Strangers and some of the other snitches choices that we've read. So but overall net positive for me. So I feel like we're we're pretty even here. We're pretty even. Okay, cool. So let's get into the DBQs. And before we do, I wanna let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Pura Vita. You can shop now and give back with Pura Vida. Pura Vida is one of the coolest and most affordable apparel and accessory brands out there, and giving back has always been at the core of what they do. A portion of what they make goes back to causes you care about. They partner with over 200 charities worldwide and have raised more than $3.8 million to date. Pura Vida's fair trade apparel and artisan-made jewelry are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, and perfect for any occasion. I have some of the Pura Vida bracelets, which are so cute, and I also have some of the apparel. I have this one sweater that's like tie-dye and so comfortable they're unisex fully adjustable the bracelets are like they what fit everyone they're cool and comfy and casual and they are just the thing that you want to be wearing if you want to look good while giving back so pura vita look good and do good to get 20 percent off your pura vita order text book to 38817 that's book to 38817 to get 20% off at Pura Vida. Terms apply available at com slash terms. Again, that's book to 38817 to start shopping Pura Vita and get 20% off. Now for the DBQs. You know, I already have a warm place in my heart for this book because there was a book guide question <laughs> yeah, at the that. end. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the questions are interesting. So the first one, which I actually really like, if you were to move to bangor alaska which by the way i read in the acknowledgements isn't a real place i read oh. that too and it was because she, she... was like i didn't want to be like held to like tell the truth of a specific like place like i kind of wanted to be able to embellish yeah which i appreciated yeah so if you were to move there what luxury would be the hardest for you to live without um for me it would 100 percent be i think a manicure oh huh. interesting
0: Yeah. I think mine would be Amazon Prime and all things, like, easy access delivery.
1: Yeah.
2: I feel like I'd be down for Alaska. Like, I don't really need...
0: (laughs) Surprising. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, For me, though, it would probably be Wi-Fi, like, outside of the house that they couldn't get anywhere. I would be not okay if I couldn't communicate unless I was in my home.
1: Yeah. I agree. Probably... Probably the Wi-Fi. I mean, actually, probably just being able to have like the modern conveniences of like ordering anything, and it arriving when you need it yeah. to. Yeah. But um. But they, it seems like they had one of everything, you know.
0: And then, I guess, but like that's still not enough. Like, think about like when like a light bulb goes out, and you order it on Prime, and it arrives like by two p.m. that yeah. day.
1: Right. But I'm pretty sure like a light bulb is exactly what you can get in Bangor, Alaska. That's true. That was a terrible example, right?
0: I think you're just salty that I don't like your books. No,
1: (laughs) it was just a terrible example. Think about like, oh, what if you like Fendi skims dropped and you really wanted to get it? If Fendi skims dropped, I would
0: have to go to
1: the lower 48 and get myself a pair. I also love that they call like the rest of America, the lower 48. I don't know why. Yeah. It was an interesting factoid about life in Alaska. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Kala and Jonah both feel strongly about the benefits of their preferred living environment. What are some advantages of living in a city and what are some of the upsides of living in a more rural area? It's just a it's completely different lifestyles like living in a city is like you have kind of like the world at your fingertips you can do whatever you want whenever you want like the city never sleeps whereas if you're in like a suburban place like it's quieter and you live a quieter life and you know it's not as like loud and it's just kind of who you are as a person yeah I also think that like even though you're surrounded by people in the city there is such a stronger sense of community in the rural life as told by Mm -hmm. this book you know and I'm sure like there are people in cities who have a better squad of people around them than Kala did with her like you know just hanging out with her parents and her one friend who's like out the door half the time but it just that seemed to be like something that the author was really distinguishing between the two
0: places yeah that's a very good point I was more so thinking about, like, the culture and, like, access to Broadway shows and fresh new restaurants and museums, which is what you have access to in a city. But I think the community piece is huge. But
1: also, it's like, so she lives in a city, so she's so cultured. But then she comes out here and it actually, like, then she has the opportunity to, like, live amongst and experience, like, native As- Alaskan culture. And, like, she's the one coming off uncultured. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's, because like. she's the
0: worst. <laughs>
1: It's hard, like that question, city
2: versus rural, like Alaska is just in its own league even. It's not like the suburbs versus the city.
1: It's like middle of nowhere with absolutely Yeah, like it's not no- like Westchester. Yeah, right, right. Well, Westchester's not rural. That's suburban. That's true. Yeah. No, I think we all know the differences between the city life and the rural life, and this question's just like a little silly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm shocked you asked this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: What is a city and what is a farm? I was like, what? <laughs>
1: but s- snitchy all in. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for What's describing the difference. I was like, what the fuck? Why is she asking this question? I figured there had to be a reason, so I was just like, okay. Nothing more to add. Okay. Next question. Next amazing question. <laughs> Did you like, did you read it first? Is it okay? I did, and just I was obviously feeling very generous to just leave it in there. All right. The book's title, The Simple Wild, is echoed in the characters' descriptions of Alaska. Discuss what you think simple means in this context. Why do you think the author chose this title? What's its significance in the novel? So I actually was waiting the whole time for her to start a travel blog called The Simple Wild. I thought that that's where we were headed, and that's why it was the title for a while I thought that that would be her like one she's talking about she ne- they need a reason for like Kala and Dee to pop off and so I thought like being like this girly girl in the wild would be the thing for her then eventually I had other plans for her which also didn't pan out but um as far as it being called the simple wild I guess because it's like an oxymoron but yeah. but it's also extremely on point I also thought it was kind of a double entendre in the sense of, like, they obviously are in the wild, and it's quite simple there. Mm -hmm. And then also, the name of the dad's company was The Wild. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe it had something to do with that
2: also also like they're not doing simple things every day they're flying planes putting their lives in danger like it's all risk and nothing is simple about that but then like the simplicity part comes in where they don't have to worry about materialistic things like they don't have cell phones they can all be a community so yeah as you said Jackie it's like an oxymoron
0: yeah I was thinking that it's like all you need is love like oh, just like what? the simple things in life oh yeah. That's That's cute. I like
2: that. Yeah.
0: Because they're
1: living a simple life yet among these like crazy extreme elements. So I guess that, I guess the title, uh, talking it through, I now appreciate the title. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Kala goes through a number of life-changing experiences, including meeting her father in person for the first time since she was a toddler, traveling around rural Alaska and seeing how people there live, her father's illness, and meeting Jonah. How do Kala, Jonah, and Wren's characters develop over the course of the book as a result of these experiences? Well, where do we begin? (laughs) Jonah went from a madman to a nice teddy bear. Ren went from, you know, kind of just being trepidatious around Kala and turn, and then eventually turned into, like, kind of a real father. And then Kala obviously, like, I guess had the largest change where she went from being, like, this, like, you know, stuck up, like, privileged kind of girl and while she was still that... She, like, learned to kind of, like, A, have empathy for, uh, for like, others and, like, other people's problems. And then also, like, learned to wear less makeup.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Who do we think changed the most from the beginning of the book to the end? I think
1: Kala, just because she had the most changing to do. Just because she was so, like, small-minded when she first arrived. But I do think that everyone changed. Well,
0: I least. was going to actually say Ren. You think Ren changed the most? I do think Ren changed the most. I think that... Calla, like, throughout the whole time was, like, conceited and self-absorbed, and I think she evolved, but I feel like at the end of the book, when she came back, three martinis deep from a club, and, like, <laughs> saw Jonah and was like, why didn't you tell me you were here, instead of, like, running into his arms? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but okay. By the way, like,
1: I think that's kind of fair. Like, he had been there since 9 p.m. And, like, she was out at a club when she could have been with Jonah. Like, just shoot me a text, bro,
0: and I would have come running home. And then run into your arms. I don't know who was more ridiculous in that scene, but it was absurd. <laughs> but, like, Ren, here he was, like, talking about his feelings and, like, crying publicly and, like, yeah. ha- like just, like, acknowledging an unfortunate reality. And, like, I just I just felt like he he really just emerged. I, like I agree that with you when I also...
1: I also think like for older people like it's so much harder for them to change so like the scale is different and if you weigh it you know on a curve he changed much more because he was like this was a lifetime of behavior that he could not quit. Amen. And now all of a sudden he's an emotional king. For real. Okay, next question. For Ren and Susan, the parents, their respective desires about where to live were deal breakers despite their love for each other. What are your deal breakers? You don't have to answer that. <laughs> are there things about your life that you would be willing to let go of if your partner or a potential partner wouldn't or couldn't agree to them, no matter how much you love that person? I feel like the situation that their parents were in was really fucking tough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what the correct response would have been or should have been. Yeah, me neither. I don't think that they should have tried to make it work. Like, I think these were two people. And, you know, the moral of this, their story is that, like, love is not enough. You know? And it's not just, like, like he lives in Alaska, like, you know, in the movie The Proposal. Like, this is, like, four planes and then, like, another plane that's so tiny and you're going to vomit. Like, it's not, it's not flexible. It provides no room for flexibility. So... I don't think that they could have tried to make it work. The idea of someone like Ren or even Jonah living in a city like Toronto is crazy as well. Yeah, the thought of them being there like gives me agita. They they should
2: have never gotten married and they should have never had a kid and they should have just had the heartbreaking breakup before other lives were at stake.
1: But if they didn't have the kid, you wouldn't have had this book, Dana.
0: (laughs) And we all would have been better off.
1: (laughs) No, but also didn't they get married because she got pregnant? Oh yeah, you're right, you're right yeah i was thinking that i was like doesn't everyone regret them ever meeting but then it's like if that were the case then we wouldn't have calla who you know most of the time is a pretty good person yeah for sure next question simon mvp of the book serves as a voice of reason for calla and is able to remain objective and compassionate despite being emotionally involved both as her stepfather and as susan's husband although he doesn't share his feelings with calla what do you think this story was like from his perspective do people like him exist? No. I
2: was going to say. No, like, absolutely not. They made him out like he had so many coping mechanisms and like tool tools in his psychology kit to be able to rationalize his way out of every single emotional jab. But like... I don't know if anyone like him actually exists like you have to get angry at some point that your wife is on the phone late night with her ex-husband
1: 100% (laughs) that your wife is going to be in love with a man like pretty much for the rest of her life yeah the stuff about like him providing insight and guidance was really helpful because it felt like as a reader like that was he was our voice like just letting like Callie know like what she should do or, or guiding her towards that decision but the stuff about like him being so patient even though he always knew that Susan was in love with Ren and then even when Calla like fucking shredded him to pieces and was like she must have the phone number memorized from 12 years ago that was so uncalled for like you're gonna turn yeah. on the one person who has always been there for you that was a low point I loved his
0: Could response though. agree more
2: he's like there's nothing about it that I don't know about you fucking idiot like he had the best retort <laughs> yeah
1: no like this man couldn't have been better to you your whole life for your whole family giving you everything still providing for you everything all you have to do is take out the garbage and like you're gonna speak (laughs) to him in that way
0: also like don't do your mom dirty like that like all of the above was so beyond fucked I was like girl you are awful I just didn't even have the words at that point like that was like I think really like when my like patience totally ran dry
1: but I mean, one of my favorite scenes in the book was when they were standing outside the grocery store and Jonah read her to filth Same. and um, it was so necessary and everything that he said, like I hadn't thought about it before, but he was so right and I think she knew he was right too and she started acting accordingly. But it was nice to see like, you know, this person who's not 100% perfect is being called out on her shit and she's changing her behavior and I, I just appreciated that monologue from him.
2: But then he goes and like stocks all of her
1: groceries and gets her soy milk. <laughs> right. Like literally well, because like he like has a crush on her, but like also thinks she's trash, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, you know how it is. <laughs> also, I thought like Jonah was going to have some like big city slickin' ex-girlfriend who was like so traumatizing towards him, which was why he had this these like walls up because when he's like, I can't stand girls like you, it's like you've met someone else like her. When, where? I thought in he was Vegas. gonna have like this back. Oh, that's true in Vegas. This backstory where like he's been with someone similar to Kala and it didn't work out.
0: And they described his house as like it almost yes. like a woman's touch, but like never again did we discuss that. Right?
1: I was like, so who's the woman who decorated it? Or are you saying he I think that was supposed taste? to be like he's actually not a yeti? Like he looks gruff, but yeah. he's really organized. That's pretty unrealistic to me. Yeah, like what is he watches flip or flop and he's he got doesn't some, have a TV Jackie right exactly like there's no way that was a, a no like a a loose end I think. Okay, next question. As Calla gets to know her father, there is a lot of discussion of regret, both his own regrets in life and the possibility that Calla could regret not spending more time with him if he doesn't survive his illness. Do you think Calla's decisions helped alleviate remorse on either side, or is it in some way unavoidable for each of them to experience this regret?
0: You guys, there were times where I was reading this book and my heart was breaking and I was like, I kinda wish she just never met.
1: Right, because like she was so emotionally unattached, it just would have been like this thing, this guy she didn't know, like whatever. And now but like she was living life on the surface before is how I felt. And I feel like yeah. when she went to Alaska, like those emotions though painful, like that's the point of life.
0: I
2: know it but made like, me think a lot about the midnight library actually how like you're constantly envisioning different paths your life could take or didn't take and the moral of that was like just be happy with what you chose because maybe it would have been worse off and like yeah she might have regrets of not going sooner but she went now and she might not have ever had that opportunity yeah I yeah. agree and
1: I feel like if she you know had spent her summers in Alaska growing up or whatever like her and Jonah wouldn't have had the big love that yeah. they did, you know, 26 years later. So everything. It reminded
0: me. Oh, sorry, No, Dax. so
1: everything, like, really happens the way it's supposed to, yada, yada, but definitely painful and a lot of time lost.
0: No, it reminded me of Husband's Secret, and it's like, would you read the letter? And it's like, would you meet your dad? And I think I would have said no.
1: To both? Knowing everything.
0: No to reading the letter. Ignorance is bliss. And no, I think, to, like – Meeting this man because then I got to know him and love him and like the but loss then you got to know so him and love him and maybe
1: he's about to take you on the journey of a lifetime. You have nothing. You have nothing. And that's in exactly Toronto. what happened. Well, I mean, in I'm still no to read. I'm still no to reading the letter, but I'm yes to going and meeting her dad because her life was so unfulfilling and shallow and like, given the choice between the two. I would rather have a life of meaning and love and, and deeper emotion.
2: I would read that letter so
1: fast. <laughs> <laughs> it boggles my mind that you have the self-restraint to not. No, I wouldn't even think Hell about now. it. I would see a letter that says, don't read, Jackie, and I would say, okay. Actually, if it's in my name on it, I would read it. <laughs> but if it was just yeah. like a letter, I don't know. I really no, don't that's think a difference would.
0: between like people who read text messages and people who don't. And Dana is like a voracious text reader. Oh and yeah, I'm like a Josh's get that thing far away from me.
2: Texts are linked to my computer. <laughs> oh it's my insane. god, I'm an anti. Does he know that? I'm anti. Yeah, I mean it's his computer that I ended up like using because mine
1: broke and we just never disabled that feature. <laughs> Does, but he knows that it's still there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, if not, I'm gonna text him <laughs> and let him know. <laughs> Next question, after Jonah's plane crashes, Kala's mother, Susan, tells her about the constant anxiety she had about Ren's safety in his work as a bush pilot. Jonah plans to continue his work as a bush pilot for the rest of his life. How do you think this will affect his relationship with Kala in the future? Will Kala develop the same anxieties her mother held? Well, I just want to say, like, I think Kala and her mom, though very similar, are also incredibly different. Like, she, Kala is 50% Wren. Like, she has a little bit of that not a little bit, like an equal amount of ren in her blood as she does Susan. So not that the anxiety of worrying that your husband is safe is going to ever dissipate, but the understanding and the interest in it, I think Calla is way more equipped than Susan was being a complete fish out of water. Yeah, that's a great point. And also even having like the way that Calla adjusted to Alaska life. Like she was saying, she was like, I obviously understand how like my mom – couldn't be here and they were saying that she like never even tried to embrace it and that's why she was so unhappy but then like with Calla like once she did embrace it she was like happy and like fine so yeah. I feel like she like has more of the ability to adapt um but yeah I feel like in the the next coming books I'll let you know but I feel like that might become a an issue yeah please let us know I mean I would maybe read some of the other books but I don't think that's how I want to spend my time right now. But maybe in, how down many the other line, books are there's there? Like three there's more. two more books, and then the fourth comes out January 25th. So we know where you'll be lined up at Barnes and Noble. No, I'll <laughs> be buying it on my Kindle. Thank you. Very much. I know, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> okay, last question. Ultimately, Jonah attempts to find a compromise that he and Calla will both be happy with. Do you think they'll be able to make their relationship work?
0: I do. I don't even for a second like I think in the subsequent books that is what we'll see that that they do make it work because this is a fucking love story and it's totally delusional however I think that like Jonah's gonna be like weird in a different non-Bangor environment and I think that like honestly if it were reality like I think that like uh Calla would be like weirded out by like his presence in like more of a city do you think she would get the ick I think think she she get the ick 1,000%. No,
1: Jonah moving to Toronto is not on the table, not an option. But I do agree with you that them moving to a place that, like, they're both not into also sucks. And, like, she didn't hate Banger, Like, she kind of liked it. And what about, like, the community and the people that they have there and, like, the uh, Alaska Wild, the company? Like, I didn't think they needed to compromise on this. I thought it was just one of those situations where one person has to move for the other person if they're going to make it work. And it obviously would be Calla. It's a weird compromise. The ick like, is
0: coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think, like, obviously the author, you know, felt compelled to do compromise because that's, you know, a very modern thing to do. But sometimes things are crystal clear, black and white, and everyone was having a nice time in Bangor. Even when yeah. she left, like, I, she I didn't want like to leave. She should I feel have like stayed. Gonna, I feel like they're going to end up in Bangor. Like, they're going to go to Alaska, Anchorage, and they're going to try it, and then they're going to be like, no, and then they're just going to – go fly to bangor okay let us know please please do yeah i i just don't see anchorage working out for them it's just too random and why let's both be unhappy instead of just one of us right agreed okay now it's time for the redhead questions we got a lot of questions from our readers Before we get into that segment, I want to let you know today's episode is also brought to you by Fabulous. Setting new goals, creating and sticking to healthy habits, building a daily routine you can actually keep, making these changes should be easy, right? Well, if you're not sure how or where to start, then it's time to try Fabulous. It's been a game changer. Fabulous is the habit-changing app that gives you the tools and skills you need to feel healthier, more productive, and fulfilled. Fabulous helps you break free of negative habits while helping you build new healthy ones that stick. They do this by using a holistic approach along with behavioral science. Unlike other health apps, Fabulous focuses on self-improvement, mental and physical health, mindfulness, and productivity to build a daily routine that works for you. By using behavioral science, Fabulous breaks down scientifically proven healthy habits into a daily routine of very small tasks that you can easily achieve every single day. So Fabulous has all of these different challenges based on what you are looking for to get out of your goals for example they have the gratitude challenge which helps you show gratitude to someone every single day for a week and it helps you become more mindful so especially as everyone is making new year's resolutions fabulous is the best resource pal to have in your back pocket with these simple reminders for example i'm trying to drink more water so i use fabulous for that they give me these simple reminders of drinking water also you can use it for breathing exercises that can really help improve your mental health Start building your ideal daily routine today with Fabulous Premium. Get 25% off Fabulous Premium by going to thefab.co slash book. That's T-H-E-F-A-B dot C-O slash book for 25% off Fabulous Premium. That's thefab.co slash book. Now for the redhead questions. Did you guys find... Cala insufferable for the first 90% of the book. (laughs) I couldn't believe how clueless she was about Alaska. Even never having been there, she should have known that showing up in wedges and a Brixton hat was an insane choice. Agreed.
0: Did I submit
1: this question? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think she, I didn't think, I never thought she was insufferable. I agree about the wedges and the hat. However, I think it's unfair to say, like, I can't believe how much she didn't know about Alaska. Like, I don't know fucking jack shit about Alaska um until like I guess now reading a little bit more but like I think that that's like a bit far off um but yes I agree about the wedges and because also aren't your feet cold in wedges in Alaska right and I also think that even if she studied up on Alaska clearly like the banger experience is a little bit different and I don't think anything could have really prepared her for it so I will I will be okay with that but just the idea of being on four flights in wedges even if you're going to you know Saint-Tropez it's unacceptable
0: one million percent agree to be in anything other than sneakers like I'm maybe 75 years old but I'm just like oh my I need more support yeah and
1: just like some athleisure would be nice Next question. My question is, do you think the ending is realistic? I kind of think Kala's mom wouldn't let her go to Anchorage. Also, it's a little unrealistic that Kev- Kala never experienced an Alaskan winter. I learned from The Great Wild by Kristen Hanna that Alaskan winters are very intense, especially for outsiders. I think this reader means The Great Alone, but is like it yes. with this title. Yeah. I don't think Kala knows what she is getting herself into by agreeing to go to Anchorage. Wanted to see what the girls thought. Has anybody here read that book, Kristen Hannah? I yes. read it it's really good it's amazing do you agree with this reader's assessment and did this book make you think of that book yeah I thought
2: about that book literally the entire time I was reading this well I don't... no
0: because this book was so delusional and like she was like <laughs> running around Alaska in a tank top and shorts whereas like the great yeah. alone actually depicted Alaska realistically like as a cold weather state so there weren't many parallels for me personally <laughs>
2: No to (laughs) Ritz's point she's right like I was thinking of The Great Alone the entire time because that's really my only point of reference about Alaska and I was thinking about how different these books treated it.
1: (laughs) That is so funny yeah I and I feel like even for Susan like it was that long winter that really was just she that that was her breaking point and so I think Kala has only experienced like the best of Alaska and she's gonna need to rough it a little bit but I do think our girl has it in her.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sure.
1: You know me. I'm just optimistic. I know you're and such I want, an
0: optimistic lady. I want
1: things to work out for Snitch. I do. <laughs> I'm not worried about me. I have the redheads on my side. You do. You do. You always do. Okay. Since The Simple Wild is a series, what would the redheads like to see happen in the next book? The feminist in me doesn't want her to change her whole life for a man, but would also be down for a happy ending between Kala and Jonah. For me I would like to see them be like lol to Anchorage let's go back to Bangor you'll live in my femininely decorated house you'll launch you'll I mean ideally she, they would take over the company together he would fly the planes she would do the business they get the whole thing up and running there she's doing like her photography her marketing her social media and it's a dream I mean Susan didn't have anything but like that they already
0: sold they already sold it hadn't our, closed airlines. yet it
1: hadn't closed it was still in the two month window I do think that there's still room for that in the sequel. OK, and I think that, you know, Susan likes to grow stuff. She couldn't really do her thing in Banger, but I think based on Kala's interests, like there's a lot for her to do and get her hands dirty.
0: I agree. I love that vision, but it makes me sad that she'd be so far from her mom and Simon. Like, I don't give a shit about her friends. Like, they seem shallow anyway, but I do. And then I was like, well, maybe her mom and Simon could go to Banger also. But I was like, that would be like just so that'd be insane it's so insane that after all this time her mom goes back and it's after her dad has passed like and there's no hope for them to reconnect
1: and what simon's just expected to relaunch his practice oh yeah no obviously they can't move but here's a thought here's a thought Cala and jonah have so much success relaunching alaska wild they become you know like multi-millionaires they get bigger planes planes that can do a direct flight from bangor to toronto
0: a or at my least idea. half the amount of flights
1: so two right
2: my ideal sequel is i don't know break i up. feel like
1: <laughs> <laughs> you they don't really- ship dana
2: i just like i want them to realize it's unrealistic they're literally following the exact path of her as her mom like yes she has 50 percent red in her but ultimately i think like one of them's going to be unhappy and let's rip the band-aid now before we have a child
1: damn i think that they're like gonna try and do the move like maybe like things get like shitty maybe like take a break or something but then they like end up back together and then they move to bangor and then i think that they get like engaged and then i think they like have and then in like the third book they have like a child and then like things like that okay but you will be keeping us posted on the next episode we want an update you'll have an you'll have an update like in three days (laughs) okay Next question, Jackie, does this book make you want to change your having a Cleveland day to having an Alaska day? The lifestyle seems pretty trudge to me, but also the simplicity and nature seemed nice at times. Um, I understand the question and why you would ask it, but no, this is far too rural. One, like Calla, I can't drive and I also can't just learn in an afternoon of Jonah shoving me behind the wheel. (laughs) So I don't. I mean, obviously, I would learn to drive if I lived somewhere like that, but it's a little too rural for me. And just the idea of like the way everything gets there—you know, the gas prices are so high. The cars, like that, just like really stresses me out. Like that, every single thing you could ever think of, hair tie needs to be imported. That's not. Um, that's not what I'm looking for. So, though I do like the farm chemen life, I uh, this is far too remote for me. And also these aspects of like extreme wildlife and weather all of those things I'm I don't have the stomach for so but thank you for thinking of me did the enemies to lovers aspect of Jonah and Cala's relationship work for you guys I know it's a popular trope but I was wondering how you feel about it I enjoy reading enemies to lovers but I feel like this doesn't happen realistically just curious to see what you think I mean Snitch I think you're the expert on um you know these tropes what do you what did you Um. think I, I like enemies to lovers. I think it like adds a little bit of like, like a little dynamic. It's like, it makes it more dynamic. Cause when it's just like someone sees someone and then they like have a crush on each other and they fall in love. It's like, okay, whatever. Like there's just like no- nothing more there. Whereas this makes it a little bit more interesting. I did think at the beginning it was like a little, like so harsh. I was like, wow, like you're saying things that like you can't a hundred percent take back. Like mm-hmm. if you guys start dating. So like, I thought it was like a bit. Much, and, like, when I think of enemies to lovers, I automatically think of that game, the the book The Hating Game. I've never read it, but the movie just came out. Do you like it? I haven't watched it yet, but in the book it was like that, but it was like they were enemies, like, work enemies. So, like, how bad could what you're saying be? Whereas, like, the things that Jonah was saying was, like, very much hitting below the belt. So, like, I did think that, like, that was, like, a little bit far gone, but mm-hmm. normally I just like that it adds, like, a different layer to a relationship. yeah. Did this book remind you at all of It Happened One Summer? It was literally a mixture of, like, The Hating Game, It Happened One Summer, and The Last Song. And apparently The Great Alone. And apparently The Great Alone. Yeah. It reminded me of It Happened One Summer because, like, they start out as enemies, though, in the other book. Like, they make up and start dating very quickly. But they also are living, you know, like, Pacific Northwest in, like, these extreme circumstances, extreme jobs, and... It was giving me that vibe I also saw in the Redheads Facebook group. Other people were feeling that as well. No, I definitely I definitely see the difference. Um, but, like, the extremes of where Jonah is versus, like, it makes, like, it happened one summer look like not that big of a compromise. I agree. Yeah. Next question. Hi, ladies. I loved this snitch's choice. Couldn't put it down. While I thought Calla and Jonah's love story would never begin, it was all worth the wait. Question for you. Curious if you thought that Kala should have taken over the family business with Jonah. I really thought that was where it was going when she got involved and developed the website. I was sad that Wren went through with the sale to Arrow and that Alaska Wild would no longer be. Excited to read the rest of the series. I mean, Yeah. Yes and no, but yes no. and no. I think that that would have been incredibly unrealistic. You go and you visit your dad and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, you're taking over a company of some of which you know nothing about.
0: I think that would have been a little selfish of Ren, honestly, to have put Kala and Jonah in that position, knowing what we know about The direction like the company was sort of heading like there were a lot of glimpses of like financial issues and there was obviously some maintenance issues with the planes and like the number crunching didn't look good so I think Ren was being just kind of fiscally responsible by going through with the sale and if they wanted to maintain part of it and like like they have a few planes left to Jonah. Maybe like that's their opportunity to make Wild come back. But I think it would have been like very short sighted and like potentially like selfish if he expected Cala and Jonah to just like make a mountain out of this also s- wild molehill. Can
1: we talk about how the maintenance guy like was not fired? Yeah, that oh. that was a pretty
0: big uh, pretty big oversight.
1: Up. I did hear that.
2: Like she really was trying to make their website better and bring in more business. And I feel like they were half like indulging it, but also they just like wanted her to think that she was valuable when they were always planning on selling it and it wasn't really doing anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it did sort of like go to nowhere. She was working so hard and I, but I guess maybe it sets her up. He still has the three planes and maybe it's a good stepping stone for them to start like their own version of it. And I think that would make Ren happy and proud from above so it's still open to to happening okay last story last question for the redheads while I absolutely love Kala and Jonah's relationship in this book I think all the other relationships have stuck with me more from the parental and step-parental relationships to the importance of your community and your chosen family what do you guys think of all the side characters and their impact on Kala's time in Alaska this is a great question because we haven't Mm -hmm. talked about Agnes Mabel you know, all of the other people who added to the fabric of their lives. I thought Agnes was such a queen, such a necessary character. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the Simon of Banger, who's just, like, so selfless and making everyone's lives better and easier. I could have, like, done without Mabel, honestly. I Wait, I was gonna say the same thing. I did not like her character. Like, I didn't like what she stood for. Like, I found her um, annoying. Annoying. And I also agreed with Kala and like her emotions about it like i would have been low-key pissed too and i understand the situation with like her dad and stuff but still like him calling her kiddo not cool yeah and that first night when she came to play
2: checkers and they were finally alone and she made him a salad and she's like he hates salad and i'm gonna steal 30 minutes of his time like that was annoying
1: yeah i've had him my whole life and he walked out of yours for me and now i need to play checkers yes Yeah, I really was not feeling her energy, which is like sad because she's 12 and she can't help it. But
0: um, no, she can help it. She was the worst. Every
1: time she was in a scene, I like rolled my eyes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm glad we can all agree on something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, now it's time for the moral of the story. What does everyone think it is? I don't have one on hand, but if anybody has one, please share. I had something like swallow your pride. Don't
2: let your pride like hold you back from what's really important.
1: I have one. Mm -hmm. Love conquers all. But I don't think that's (laughs) it. No, but it is because like love conquered all like because obviously like she still went to go see her dad because like she still loved him even though she had so much like pain towards him. And then love conquers all with her and Jonah. Like he came to Toronto, bitch. But love didn't conquer all with Susan and Wren. I actually think it's the op. It's like very much not the moral. No, love tries it's to not tear the moral you apart. Of, it's not. It's not the moral of their story. Okay, for me, it's like something about family. How like you know, and like nature and nurture. You know, like it, even though they didn't ever know each other, like their whole lives, like they just like the connection between Wren and Kala, like was immediate because that's your fan like it just blood is thicker than water I don't know
0: yeah oh, that's a yeah good yeah one. I like that. that's a good
1: one yeah okay cool now it's time for the Hollywood treatment I really could see this being a movie a very successful 100%. movie that I would love and so I am curious who everyone would cast snitch for Kala do both do we're casting Kala and Jonah I want to hear both of your choices to see them together mine's interesting but I think it's like good okay my Jonah was Liam Hemsworth same snitch. shut the fuck Me up t- <laughs> did you also google 31 year old actor no I no. googled no. actors with beards and then I saw Chris Hemsworth and I was like Liam and then oh my, my god that's and- so funny I didn't that's a great one so I was gonna say, I didn't
0: even google it I was just like this is so Liam Hemsworth
1: and he's so similar to the last song yeah and he's the last song okay so that means that he's jonah yeah he's jonah way. and then my cala was sydney sweeney Ooh, that's right cute yeah that would be a really good movie i think so too my cala my jonah is liam hemsworth my cala i took a chance about one of my new favorite actresses is addison ray Oh, that's a good I see one. that. Okay. Okay. I just, I love her and I want her to be in more movies. And she was so good and she's all that. And her and Liam Hemsworth then could, you know, fall in love on screen, off screen. And I'm here for it. I mean, I would literally die to see them, like, make out. Yeah.
0: So that's my movie, Bex. I went with Lily Collins, obviously, because Emily Par- in Paris is just as insufferable as I Bella. can't.
1: I was thinking Lily Collins, but I was like, no, we like need a serious actress here. And no, we don't. who's like who's obviously like very pretty, but also like a little bit like silly and goofy and like sweet looking. not to- you know she- who I was toying with hmm. and like could have been a runner-up was Haley Steinfeld. Interesting. Yeah. I was toying with Madeline Klein. I really oh. like Sydney Sweeney
0: actually. I never right?
1: I do too. Okay, yeah. Dana, why don't you join the conversation? Okay. I had Leo DiCaprio. Oh my
2: god. Okay. Oh, god,
0: yeah.
1: okay. <laughs> and how do you pronounce Isla Fisher? Yeah, like what that. Book do you oh, read. <laughs> you like they are in their 40s and perhaps 50s, 50s. I think. Leo might be 50 you might okay, be like casting Susan Leo. and
0: Ren yeah
1: <laughs> you're casting Susan, I, and, Susan Ren. and Ren I completely agree that's hilarious yeah that's what came that's to my mind's really eye okay well thank you for that Dana it wouldn't be an episode of the redheads without <laughs> your outlandish choices <laughs> now it's time for the overall redheads rating we will each share what we rated this book and then we will come up with our average so snitch what did you give the book I gave this book a 4.5. Okay.
0: Wow.
1: Rebecca? <laughs> Rick's going to give it like a one.
0: No, I gave it a three, actually. That's fair. Because I actually really liked reading it. Like, not really, really liked it, but like, I, I, picking it up, it didn't bother me. So I felt like that was a testament of a fine story.
1: I agree. I read so many bad books this month, which we'll get into. And so for that reason, I really enjoyed this book because picking it up didn't bother me. Right. Dana? I also gave it a three nice I gave it a four and usually these episodes make me rate it a little higher I am tempted to go lower but um (laughs) I'm not gonna do it I'm gonna be like true to what I said I said what I said so our overall redheads rating for the simple wild is a 3.625
0: wow feels so fucking high no they feel so low right
1: (laughs) feels low (laughs) feels love we've
0: never said that like we're always like wow that feels so right right. that feels so fucking high no that feels
1: rich (laughs) snitch so you don't think it feels right no i don't think it feels right at all okay i'm sorry but now it is time for the other books that we read this month i have so much to share so
0: let's go in order of least to most bex did you read anything this month I actually did, ladies. Um, I read This Tender Land, which was by um, William Kent Kruger. D thank you for this recommendation. Actually, it, it was already on my Kindle, so I think my mom read it because we share. But um, it was so great, you guys. You should definitely read this book. I rated it a 4.5. And it's all really rooted in a ton of historical fact, which I didn't realize until it's like all like Native American history and about like the Native American boarding school experience. And um, I actually went to Arizona and I went to a museum that was all about Native American history. And there was an exhibit dedicated to um, Native American boarding schools. And it was so crazy how factually accurate the book actually was which just made it like that much more impactful for me so I couldn't recommend it h- highly enough
1: I agree I read it and that was probably my favorite takeaway just like learning so much about a subject that I did not know about exactly Dana how many books did you do um only two
0: Whoa. what is everything
1: okay are you
0: okay I, I-
2: No, for the first time, I had to stop a book that I was reading in the middle to start this one. I don't usually miss time manage like that, but the reason besides I was kind of busy this time around was that The Great Circle, which was the first book I read by Maggie Shipstead, was amazing, but it was like 700 pages long, so it took me a very long time. Loved it, it though. It actually um, had a lot of stuff about Alaska in it, so it was interesting to read it back to back. I... Truly could recommend it to anybody. It was one of my favorite books. I rated it a 4.4. 4. And yeah. the other one I read was Behold the Dreamers by Imbolo Mbue. And I
1: gave that a
2: 3.8. Also really solid.
1: Great. Okay. Snitch, you were a zero, correct? Yeah. Um, I was watching Downton this month. Yeah. No, no worries. I had a huge reading month. One, because I was so influenced from all of you guys sharing your year-end best books. And two, I realized I was really close to my goal of sixty-five books in twenty twenty, and that if I push myself just a little bit, um, that I could reach it. And three, because I don't go anywhere or leave my house or do anything, I have a lot of time on my hands. So I read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine books, which what? I think
0: is That's a record. record. Yes, for how no many one's ever read of that us, much.
1: I think Dana's was once eight, and yeah. we like died last month. Yeah, hers was now because she's on her honeymoon. Right. That's wild so. First, ducks. I read. I know it's crazy. They're all over the place. So stay, st- st- buckle up, up. buckle, <laughs> buckle up. up. First, I read "The Heart's Invisible Furies" by John Boyne because both Rebecca and Dana raved about it. So amazing! I, right when we finished recording, I went home and started it. I loved it I mean there's nothing not to love it's incredibly well-written amazing story great protagonist great point of view I gave it five stars it was thoroughly enjoyable and just like you know you can tell just a very very good book I can't imagine you know someone not liking it unless they just like didn't have the patience to give it the time and dedication that it needs. Then I read The Rose Code by Kate Quinn, which is a historical fiction book, World War II. It reminded me of that movie, The um, Imitation Game. The one, is that the one about the code breakers in World War II? even though I never saw that movie I just saw the trailers so but now I want to watch super good right now I want to watch the movie I loved this book so so many people have constantly been recommending it to me and I don't know why I didn't read it sooner but I gave it five stars it had great like historical factoids historical characters like a lot of the characters were real people like Prince Philip is in a, a lot and it's you know based on reality but also there's some fiction in there hence historical fiction Loved it. If you're a historical fiction girly, you got to read it. Rebecca, I think you would love it. It also reminded me of The Kitchen Front, but kind of no offense to Kitchen Front, a better version. But good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just like more serious. But it it was really good. Then I had a low point. Very, very low. I read The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes because a few people recommended it. And I liked the title and the description looked okay. But it was for teenagers, and it was a mistake, and I I should not have been reading it, so I gave it a two. But that's not to speak on the book. You know, if you have kids at home, like, maybe they would like it, but it wasn't for me. Then I read my worst book of the year, my DNF, but I did finish it, and that was Wish You Were Here by Jodi Picoult. Isn't that the new one? Yeah, and and I tried to make you choose it for your... I for your I redhead pick, because I was like Jodi Pickle, new book. Oh my god, um this book was atrocious. <laughs> it. I had to finish it just to see what she was trying to do before I made a judgment, and it was so bad, it was painful. But what's so crazy? It has so many high ratings. Like people love this book. I, I really truly hated it. I gave it a one, um and I felt that that was generous. I felt like finishing it was generous, but it's just like all about COVID. And it was not, it's not the book on COVID. It's not the book on COVID that you want to read. So really quite terrible. Then I read The Family by Naomi Kapritsky because Dana said that she loved it so much. And I always trust Dana's recommendation.
2: Not this and the time. Book,
1: it, I mean, I didn't dislike it, but it didn't really do anything for me. And I felt like it never really popped off. And I was just sort of waiting for it to be over. That's so fair. for that reason, I gave it three stars. Then I read The Husbands by Chandler Baker, which is a really good premise because it's kind of like Stepford Wives, but the reverse. It's like this community, um, this like gated community where the women are all like girl boss CEOs and they are like programming their husbands to be like extremely domestic and helpful around the house. And there was some really funny stuff in there about, like, things your husband does that annoy you and, like, how you would do anything to, like, get them to do their own fucking dish in the sink. And, like, it was so much, like, complaining about your husband. But then also the alternative of, like, brainwashing your husband is kind of far worse than the annoying shit that they do. So it does make you appreciate, like, the good man in your life. But um, ultimately it didn't land for me. And I gave it a three. I think other people would like it. I just wasn't crazy about it. And I felt it to be really slow. But I also read it while we were away and I could not get into a good reading groove. So maybe maybe it was me. Then I read a book that's not out yet. I got a sneak peek from NetGalley. Thank you so much NetGalley and Sally Hepworth because I read the new Sally Hepworth book that comes out in May. It's called The Younger Wife. You guys might know Sally Hepworth. She wrote The Mother-in-Law, which we love. She wrote The Good Sister, which we love. And The Younger Wife is up there with both of those. So good. I gave it five stars oh I can't wait to read that yeah when it comes out you guys should definitely read it if you're a Sally Hepworth girly like the rest of us then things took a turn I needed to read two books in like four days so I went over to Colleen Hoover and I read Uh, and I read November 9th because Claudia said I should read it and it's one of like the coho books classics (laughs) and it was insufferable like it was i wish colleen i wish you had ran that by me she's a really good writer so it's never like that painful and it moves quickly but i found like the character and the story to be kind of insufferable and unrealistic
0: so so was calla the main character (laughs) jackie november 9th is actually the
1: first um colleen hoover book i ever read in high school and i remember i read it and i was like this is like fine I was like, this is by no means, like, incredible. And then, like, I would never recommend that as, like, a book for you to read as Colleen Hoover. Like, I really wish that you had consulted me mm-hmm. there and, like, considered my expertise. Like, Claudia, no offense to Claudia, but, like, trusting her with a coho choice. Like, that's me. I don't know, Sitch. I, I lost my mind, okay? But mm-hmm. I read it and now I can say I didn't really love it. And then the last book that I read, which was, like, pretty random, I was looking high and low for books. It's called The Dirty Book Club by Lisi Harrison. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because she wrote all the click books. And, of course, oh like, God. I wasn't going to read any, like, the click there in eighth grade. But this is, like, you know, uh, about a girl, city slicking girl. She's, like, her her boyfriend lives across the country. So she moves for him and she joins this, like, book club that's like very exclusive and they only read like dirty books, but it's not so much about the dirty books. I actually felt like that name for the book, like kind of does a disservice to the book. Um, And the premise was cute, but I I didn't really love it. So that was another three for me. And that's all she read, you guys. That's That's it. That's crazy, Jackie. That is Holy moly.
2: Yeah. That was crazy.
1: I need to slow down because now I'm getting into this place where I'm reading not good books and it's making me like resent the time I spend reading. So Unless something comes like highly recommended or looks so good. I, I think I should
0: find another hobby. I, th- I think soon you're going to have your hands full with other things. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Also, I wanted to talk about Goodreads reading goals and if anybody has set any for 2022 and if you accomplish your 2021 goals. Snitch? I didn't do that. I don't like to put a limit on myself. Oh, okay. Sorry. But what if we called them reading manifestations? Then would you do it? manifestation gives you the leeway for it not to happen goals are like wow
0: you didn't hit it you're failure
1: oh my god bex dana do you guys use goodreads a lot of people have been asking for your goodreads profiles
0: yeah i think i really should get into it can we do jack's just show me how to best set my profile up i will
1: it is the best like i literally goodreads is like my planner now like that's how i organize my life like based on like what books i read
0: I don't know what my problem is because I have 700 notes on my phone. That's like book recommendations and they always get lost. They're always in my texts. Like why, why am I doing this to myself? Oh my God. You got to get on Goodreads. Dana, you said you would spend the holidays updating your Goodreads.
1: I, yeah, I did start it. Like I logged in and like went
2: through it. It's daunting because I feel like, I don't know, then when I'm reading It feels like I'm doing it for someone and I'm reading in a different way like oh like what am I going to rate this like what do other people think of this book and it's less like a personal experience but I really like how I can see how many books I read and like keep it all in one place and track it so I think I'm going to take the plunge I just need to get out of that mindset of like reading for someone else.
1: Yeah, you know, it's very real though, what you're saying. I do feel like it being so public, even when I like list a book as like want to read, it's very personal. Claudia was like going through my want to reads on the toast. And it was like, even. I mean, I don't even read like self-help books or anything like that. But like if you read stuff like that, like that's so personal. Totally.
2: And then it's like, you're a perfectionist. It's like, wait, I read this book. It's bad. I want to like remove it and scrub it from all of my records. Like it becomes just a
1: curated thing, which I'm not used to.
0: Yeah, no. If you you read a self help book, it would it would populate on your Goodreads.
1: Yeah, all the books that you're currently reading, or if you mark something as want to read, it shows like the people who follow you that that's what you want to read. So like, there was this book about like. Wait, The title was. I still want to read it, but I had to expect yet. when you're expecting. No, it's called "Quit Like a Woman: The Radical Choice to Not Drink in a Culture Obsessed <laughs> with Alcohol." Oh,
0: of course you wanted to drink. Read that.
1: Yeah, no, and I also heard that it's really good. I probably will read it, but oh, I also want to spend this month. My goal is to read some books about like um like baby stuff. So yeah, I got I got some recommendations and. Hopefully I'll do that this month because I still haven't read any pregnancy books. Oops. Anyways, that is all the books that we read this month. I look forward to another great year of reading with you guys. Speaking of what's next, we have a little programming update because usually next month would be my month to choose, but we are taking one month off when I go on maternity leave and I didn't want any of the redheads to miss their month of book choices. Plus when we did, you know, best of 2021 polls, like, my books were the lowest ranking so i think that means that if anybody has to miss a month of choosing it should be me <laughs> and for that reason next month will be a becky's choice wait jax i didn't realize that that's
0: why you bowed out because we're jax. Gonna, like we're going to
1: miss you know usually we do 12 episodes it lines up really nicely and if we if we just continued on that would mean like dana would miss her december choice which is always like such a good way to end the year I just want to get us back on schedule and I was happy to take one for the team especially since all the books I've been choosing recently fucking suck so I'm excited for to skip over myself
0: okay well you were so selfless as our leader but I'm really excited about this month's choice snitch like please like don't come at me from a place of resentment like I'd like you to go in with an open mind and heart um so Can we you are that, going snitch? Can, can you tell me? It depends what it's about. It depends what it's about. I, get, I when Midnight. Who did Midnight? Me. Dana. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, but this upcoming choice is called Ghosts of Gotham by Craig Schaefer. So this book is going to be an interesting one. It's a divergence for sure. Um, I think it's cool because it takes place in present day New York City. Um, and it involves a search for a missing manuscript by Edgar Allan Poe. And it's like based in a hidden world of magic and magical creatures. Apparently, it's I mean, it's it's different, but it's a blend of mythic fantasy and gothic horror and supernatural mystery. So this is all types of different. And I will say that this is a recommendation from my doorman. And he is a voracious reader and has read he read 425 books in 2021. What? Isn't that next level? He reads 13 books like a week. What? Oh my God, we got to get him on the show. We got to get him on the show. And I was like, Sean, if you have one recommendation for me, a standalone book, because he loves series, and this was his choice. He was like, it's so... Compelling. It's like it's really fantastic. It's a Sean's choice. It's a Sean's <laughs> choice.
1: Oh my god! I'm honestly so excited. First of all, I'm so here for us switching it up in 2022. I think in 2021, a lot of us played it safe, and I'm ready to get all over the board with our 2022 choices. So I'm sticking you. to my niece You guys can suck it. You know what? You I I like that for you. I think it's Rebecca and I who have the hardest yes. time picking books. <laughs> um. You and Dana like have your niches, and I think that they are like perfect. Don't change what you're doing. But the two of us like tend to play it safe or like it's trash. And we also like the same genre of books, which is historical fiction. So like we would have six historical fiction books a month if it, we were just picking without pushing ourselves. So I'm completely here for this choice. I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited too. And I think the kitchen front was the last straw for me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. snooze fest. It might have been good one day a long time ago, but I'm no longer able to do anything like the kitchen front. So here we are, people. That was, was abysmal. Yeah, it, it was not our finest hour. Um I would say um it's like 450 or so pages maybe a little less so it's like a little bit on the longer side for those of you who are like me and might be a slower reader make just like maybe put it at the a, a few days earlier than you would typically pick it up. Thank you for that for that warning.
1: Even though Simple Wild was 400 pages. So
0: Didn't yeah, feel like well, it. It didn't feel like it. it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for another great episode. I'm so excited for the next one. And I hope you guys enjoyed the book, enjoyed the book club. And if you are just joining us for 2022, it's going to be a great year of reading. So gird your loins, everyone. We will see you on the next one. Bye, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone.